Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Or at the very least, I think we're better than that awful Star Wars video game trailer thing that we just watched before recording this. I still don't know what that game is. What what is the game? Tell me what the kind of game it is. What do you do? I saw parkour. No, you didn't. It was a trailer. What's the gameplay? Uh, The Titanfall people are making it. (laughs) Yes, that's all we know. The Titanfall people are making it. And we saw like one half, like three quarters of a second of the guy wall running. And that's about, uh, <laughs> that's all I need to know. Like, honestly, like that's, you know, that whoever cut that trailer was like, yo, put that fucking wall running in there because we're the Titanfall people. And that's what people want to see, I guess. And then they put it in. The anime, the which trailer. anime game studio? And what if the, the wall running though? While we may be better than that trailer, we might be less exciting than that recent, uh, Nintendo Labo thing with Toad that came out the other day. Have you ever <laughs> ever wanted to step on Toad's dick? Well, I have good news for you, thanks to the power of Nintendo Labo. <laughs> well, at least he seemed to be having fun, so... Yeah, look, I, that seemed to be an entirely <laughs> consensual thing. You heard Toad in that video. He was very, uh, he was very enthusiastic about it. Hey, and man. Like, you know... So exactly. long as uh, so long as it's consensual, whatever whatever you're into, I'm not here to judge. Exactly. But uh, all right, so we we actually do have a lot to talk about How today. Do toads so reproduce? Stop. Don't they just shoot? <laughs> don't they just shoot spores out of their head? Like I don't want to talk about toads shooting anything out of anything. So let's let's move along. <laughs> and when you punch him in Super Smash Bros, he shoots spores out everywhere. Okay, so um, anime the new season is happening. Uh. And we are going to talk about our first impressions of the spring 2019 anime season. And yes, uh, we are <laughs> for better or worse. So uh, to do that today, let's introduce ourselves. And I'm going to try to do that before we get 15 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> I'm Jell. With me today, as always, we have Iro. Hi. And we have G. I beat Sekiro, so I don't really have a Sekiro bit to work with anymore. So we're, we're running out of uh, non-anime game references to make. I mean, yeah. maybe if once we talk to Demon Slayer, you can force a Sekiro bit. Yeah, I actually have a specific. No, no, I'm saving the Sekiro bit for Sarazan. My actually, I, oh, I have man. one actually loaded in the chamber just for that. So that's, um, the, that's, that's the much less obvious uh, reference there. Are there any we'll... like in to Sekiro of any of those as? Uh, I ass demons. No, a, there are no a, demons with eyeballs in their butts, but there are there are demons that uh look, let's just wait till we get to Sarazanmai, alright? <laughs> Fine. Barely, barely three minutes in, we've how many dick and butt references have we made? Uh but yeah. <laughs> look, we have to stretch with it plenty, out somehow because with plenty more to come. Because yeah. There ain't a whole ton to say about this season, to be frank. Yeah. Like, this, pod, this, this specific episode of this podcast is just going to be like 12 different variations of saying, I don't know about this show. I'm not really feeling it. I'm probably going to drop it soon. 
Well, there there are a couple of things I genuinely liked, but it's it's slim pickings this season. This um, this might be the weakest season I've seen in years. Yeah, this I feel is... like even I feel like even last season, which wasn't super strong, I still found like I still ended up watching like five or six shows somehow. Even sure, if we still like... had, we still had stuff to talk about. I'm not going to say every show that I watched last season was good, but right. you know, we paid the price of smiles. Exactly. We, we we were entertained enough to continue watching. We had stuff to talk about. I I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen after after this one, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh first let's get through today, right? So, um we're going to go through and talk give, talk about uh primarily shows we talked about in our preview episode um with a few exceptions. Uh, obviously we've covered a lot more shows on the blog, so please go read our first look posts, check out the, the guides and all that stuff for more comprehensive coverage. But, uh, today we want to get our hot takes off on a couple of the notable shows. So, um, let's dive into it. Sure. I, it does not feel like my takes are as tepid as these shows. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll warm us up with uh, a very oddly specific honorable mention I want to make for two shows we didn't talk about in the preview, but I thought were worth at least shouting out here. Okay. This is a shouting, shouting out to two shows that were better than expected, but not good enough for me to continue to watch while also not having a localized title for some reason, um, <laughs> which applied to two of these shows here. The first one being uh, Hitori Bochi no Marumaru Seikatsu. Um, and for people not familiar, that is a show basically about a middle school girl who is very shy and has trouble making friends. And is it everyone else's fault that she's not popular? <laughs> no. Um, and you know, I, I did not, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of very safe and boring and I didn't I particularly love it, but <laughs> I do feel like it was kind of aimed more toward people closer to that age. So, you know, you know, early sure. teen, early to mid teens range. Sure. And it did a very good job of, you know, portraying the main character in kind of a, a sympathetic, relatable type of way. It's a very kind show. You know, she, she meets another girl who's kind of shy in a different way and they become friends and they're very nice to each other. And it's, it's very, um, like I said, I think I think there are there are, you know kids kids out there that will find that very relatable and maybe even comforting, and I I think that's that's good. And Sounds so, boring. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's value there. Like the value. <laughs> Gee, it sure is boring around here. Sorry. What? Are we making a segue or is that just no a no that was statement? just a okay. reference. Never mind. I don't get that reference. I'm sorry, man. You got to set this up ahead of time, or else I, I'm I'm not equipped to I'm not equipped to to to, to alley oop this with you. So, <laughs> anyway, so what's the so other that, show, Joe? So the other show I wanted to mention in that same category is Namu Ami Dabutsu Utena. <laughs> I assume no relation. Is a. Uh, I couldn't find anything about the original game, but basically, so I don't know if it's a specifically a gotcha game, but it's a it's it's a it's a pretty boy anime thing, sure. Uh, and okay. and uh, 
it's based on like the 13 Buddhas, which I am not familiar with enough to say anything, but go ahead and go look that up if you're curious. Um, and they kind of do, I kind of appreciated they found ways to put interesting spins on it. Like they actually tried to make a good like slice of life type of show as opposed to just kind of phoning in, carting out, you know, a bunch of elaborately dressed, pretty anime guys. Um, and it, they, they kind of go for like, a man out of time, you know, old gods appearing in modern Japan type of thing where they're marveling over washing machines and frozen food and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but and one, they're doing one it of the, being very pretty. Yes. Well, one of the, one of the little spins they put on that they kind of got a lot of mileage out of that I thought was cool was like the, since they're gods, they can project like their appearance to humans, however they want. So, um, <laughs> so like, for example, as a joke, one of them shows the, the new guys that came in and don't understand the modern world. He shows them a picture of like some like 1900s, like half naked strong man. It's like, Oh yeah, this is what you should look like when you go to town. And so yeah. he goes into, okay. he goes into town and we still see him as like his pretty boy anime version. But then they reveal that all the people are seeing him as what he's projecting, which is like this half naked muscly man. And you know, that's kind of like, you know they play that as a joke but then they kind of use that trick in other areas to kind of like you know squeeze some extra mileage out of the out of the premise so anyway i mean at the end of the day they were still kind of like boring one note characters and stuff like that like i wasn't super interested to continue watching but i mean at core, it sounds like there's not really enough to work with there for for at least you to 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 be convinced to stick around Again, I think I think there was enough quality there that there should be an audience for the show. So if that's your thing, it is, I think, worth checking out. So anyway, shout out to those two shows for being okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Is that what deserves a shout out these days? Hey, man, we got we to gotta fill 90 minutes here. So. <laughs> All right. So let's get to our uh, our main list here. And we'll kick things off by checking in with the ill-fated One Punch Man Season 2. How bad was it, guys? It just... It just <laughs> doesn't look nearly as good as Season 1. Like, that's... Yeah. That's kind of the core no, of it. No, no way around it. Like, like, you know, whether it's just, like, the kind of weird shading they used or, like, the weird, like, metal CGI textures they used yeah. on metal. Like, it's just... You know, and just to double check, like, you know, and I, we rewatched some scenes from season one, and it, it is kind of remarkable how much of a visual downgrade it is. You know, uh, I'm not going to proclaim that, you know, the sky is falling and that there's no way for JC staff to change our minds, but it's, they got hell of a climb uh, ahead of them because, like, Here's the thing, right? Like, the thing we kind of talked about, especially, you know, when Mob Psycho was airing, right, is Mob Psycho has that visual spectacle. It has that Bones flex, like, you know, just constantly going on. But it's also compelling because we are truly invested in its uh, its main character and his development. And One Punch Man has none of that. It never had any of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I loved the first season of One Punch Man because it was... They're just this kind of non-stop kinetic action spectacle. But that's why you were there. You know, you weren't there for the plot or the conflict or the character development. So when you roll to season two, 
that doesn't have that same visual fidelity, that's when it becomes quickly exposed that One Punch Man doesn't have much else if you take away from the the visual spectacle. So is this, would you say it was bad compared to season one or just bad in general as far as like the, that's or just a downgrade, I, I guess. That's a tough thing to, quali- to quantify, I guess, because in your opinion, I feel like uh, I didn't have a whole ton of fun watching it. Like, if I got to be real, <laughs> like yeah. it, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, in many ways, like, Iro had it right a, a couple of weeks ago when he said that, like, season one of One Punch Man ended in, like, thematically the best place it possibly could. Like, that was as good of a soft ending as you could hope for. And I just don't know about, uh, I don't know, like, not even just the, not even just the, the action, but the jokes and the humor. I'm not sure if it's necessarily as strong, but. Yeah. Because you guys were saying last time, like the the part that they're adapting is isn't very good either, right? Like, is or is that? I don't think it's very good. At least, um, at least that's your your feelings on it. But right. yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just not impressive and doesn't need to exist. And, <laughs> and so, and yeah, and I think the curious thing uh, is what I'm very curious about is, and I haven't really checked like what the general zeitgeist is, but like. I'm very curious if the more mainstream audiences even notice the difference. Like, well, like I, I do wonder because, like, even even for like you know me and Eero, like, of course we knew season one looked better, but we had to actually like rewatch specific scenes from season one to remember. Oh, right, yes, this is how this show used to look like. Right, this is like the the absurd visual heights that this show used to reach. Like for the the average person who. You know, I, you know. Look, I hate to be that person who's just like, oh, like, of course the proles are going to enjoy this, but it's like, <laughs> I'm very curious if mainstream anime audiences are going to be just as enamored with One Punch Man, yeah. or if the downgrade is noticeable enough for even them to be like, wait a minute, this doesn't look nearly as good as it used to. Well, you know, it's funny. I, mean, we- I was seeing some like mainstream outlets talking about it, like. IGN or something put out a video about yeah I was gonna individual downgrade bring huh. that up okay yeah yeah it was funny because we I I asked that question on the preview you know is the the, the quote unquote mainstream gonna care and like immediately after I saw that video from IGN like saying people are wondering why does the trailer for One Punch Man season two suck <laughs> and so interesting okay so, so it is kind of it I is at least existing in the discourse we should give the masses some credit for sure. uh, at least noticing if it is at least you know look i'm not saying i need the majority like look i don't i don't need my my opinions to be validated by the majority even if the majority continue to enjoy one punch man season two for what it is that's fine but i am glad that there is that that discourse at least exists that right. there are at least people discussing like hey is this not really hitting and like you know, yeah, at I least mean, that people are talking about that. It's not even about validating opinions per se. It's like if 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 I'm an anime company, I see all the work that goes into season one, and then the show continues to be just as popular in season two with you know less, you know whether it be time, money, effort, right. whatever. Then I'm like, oh, well, then why did I put all that effort into making ah, it amazing? I you can mean, just... you mean the uh, you mean the Toei method? Yes. <laughs> 
but anyway, one more funny po- one more funny point I want to add to this. Uh, I was watching. So Madhouse is doing a show this season. Uh, they're doing uh what's it actually it's called shometsu toshi but i think uh funimation is calling the title after lost that's a it's not even on this list of the show notes i don't think we watched that yeah i i watched it and it was the worst thing i i personally watched this season and i've watched quite a few bad things wow um both on in on like and probably most hilariously like on a technical level it is absolutely the worst thing I watched this season. Really, it is. I mean, it, it looks awful. I think. What did I say? Uh, to quote myself, I said something to the effect of, "It looked like uh, reminiscent of an amateur Vocaloid music video, circa 2010." <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> um, it was bad. And my, mean, yeah. and, and basically, my first thought watching it was like, "One Punch Man died for this." Because uh, uh, I'm sure they're just putting all of their energy into No Gun's life. Hell yeah, they uh, are! Please, please, oh god, please tell me they are! Please, I need this. <sighs> Look, here's the thing about Madhouse. Like, yes, Madhouse made Red Line. Yes, sure. Madhouse made One Punch Man. <laughs> Madhouse, out of all the studios, like out of all the like hired gun style anime studios out there. I think they might have the wildest swings between their good and their bad. Feast or famine. Yeah, with them. Like Madhouse is the kind of studio that like when they're when they hit it, they are hitting it at that bones tier level. The problem is that they just don't have nearly as consistent of a track record. Like right. they have animated some real garbage in the past. So to hear that that's the case this season does not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, so I guess rest in peace, One Punch Man. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to keep watching it or whatever, but it's, it's uh, just sounds like I a mean, disappointment uh, across the board. So yeah, I even fucking I, I joking. There are <laughs> there are other shows on this list. I think I I am more likely to watch up to the third or fourth episode before <laughs> One Punch Man. So yep, ouch, true. All right, well. Let's move along then. Let's talk about Fruits Basket, the return <laughs> of the classic late 90s, early 2000s shoujo manga class slash uh, anime. Um, yes, Jill. Tell us how is uh, Fruits Basket Dainu Teze? <laughs> well, it's not a bad analogy, I guess. Although, oh, man. Fruits Basket oh, okay. Brotherhood. <laughs> Let, let's get some of the, the, the facts out of the way here first. Um, this is a remake. So yes. it's not like a spinoff or like a retail. Like it's it's a remake to the point where. So I actually watched the first episode of this and the first episode of the original series to compare. Oh, wow. And they were almost <laughs> shot for shot identical. Really? Yes. I was very huh. surprised. That's so interesting. Uh, the difference with this one it is it is gorgeous. They did a fantastic job. It's top notch production. Um, if anything, I might say a little bit. The first one kind of had a more goofy sort of charm to it, whereas this one obviously just maybe just from being more polished and you know, I don't know, just seemed to lose maybe a little bit of that 
to is it. Is it more self-serious? Yeah, maybe a little bit more serious. But I mean, they uh, still had some silly anime faces and stuff like that. It wasn't really like right, a huge my, my primary memory of Fruits Basket is like, at least my memory, my vague, hazy, you know, memory of Fruits Basket that I talked about in that prior podcast is like, I remember like at least enjoying or at least tolerating like the first quarter of that anime because it was mostly just like, I mean, it was very bog standard early 2000s anime comedy, but when that's all, that's all the anime comedy you've ever seen, right. like that's pretty novel. So I guess I wonder how much of that still plays in 2019. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it was still pretty solid. So, I mean, again, to, refresh everyone's memory i have i never saw the original like before this so i'm going in completely blind and um i mean i enjoyed it 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 was i think it does obviously have a lot of the you know shoujo romantic comedy kind of flags there but it has enough of i think a unique personality to it to make it stand out um sure i I guess i guess the thing i sorry go ahead jill yeah, I mean, I mean, I enjoyed. It. I wasn't blown away. I wouldn't say like you know, wow, I was amazed or anything. But it was like you know, this this is fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. Sure. I I guess the thing I would say is like my memory again from the anime is like yeah, it's like the early aspects of it were pretty comedic. But then the reason, the thing that eventually convinced me that like oh, shojo is probably not the genre for me is that the latter parts of the anime got very very shoujo self-serious, very heavy on the drama, very heavy on the relationship, like, bullshit. And I guess that's why I'm kind of curious how this holds up, because, like, you know, talking about, like, the shows that, you know, Jail, that you like to watch, right, like like Kaguya or, you know, uh, Nozaki-kun or whatever, like, my understanding, despite having not watched those shows, is that they tend to be consistently comical across the board right like right. like of course the romance and the and the relationship stuff does come up but the the comedy never just explicitly like disappears the the, the issue i think i ran into with fruits basket at least based on my hazy rememberings of it is that eventually they kind of shoo you know they shoo the comedy out the door you know to make right. room for the drama and it never really returned back to those lighter roots and yeah, you know, that's why I think I would definitely hesitate, or I'd say I definitely warn you, you know, that uh, yeah, if you're I going can... into it, that kind of anime, you know, romance and comedy, you know, it's if it's anything like the original adaptation, they're gonna really kick that out the door, you know, about fifteen to twenty episodes from now. So, well, uh, yeah, I get the well. I mean, from my perspective, I, I'm not I, that doesn't necessarily bother me. I'm I'm fine with at least. You know, giving them, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt to, to check that out and see how that pans out. I do feel like, you know, with you saying that, maybe they're kind of telegraphing that earlier um, now because they're the, I feel like because there's some serious stuff that comes up in the first episode, like her, <laughs> like her being dead and or her mom being dead and her having to live in a tent like that they kind of play off as a joke but it's not uh, really huh. a joke if you really think about it <laughs> i think that was yeah i mean the mom being dead part was definitely a big drama part i think the part of her living in a tent was mostly played for comedy so. yeah ki- kind of but like if you really think about <laughs> i mean like yeah, yeah, we get to the, <laughs> i mean i guess that depends you know that days comes down to how much did you laugh at the parts of hina matsuri that were uh anzu uh 
I'm struggling living in a homeless that. camp. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but um so yeah, I feel like maybe they're kind of telegraphing that there's gonna be some serious stuff going on later a bit better in this version and in its subtle ways. I again I don't feel like there was a huge difference between uh this version and the original version, other than this one looked a lot nicer. Um, sure. So it'll be interesting. And also I think uh to point out good thing to point out from what i understand the original anime did not cover the entire manga but it did not this one they are intending to cover the entire manga whether that be extended in more episodes or if they're going to condense stuff down i don't know but that is the what i've heard the plan is so okay well hey that's you know hey it's just like brotherhood they're finally going to give fruits basket the definitive (laughs) anime it deserves so maybe maybe (laughs) maybe rather than saying this is like uh Legend of the Galactic Heroes uh, DNT. This is more like a Fruits Basket Brotherhood, right? Yeah. All right. Fine. So Eros, Eros bit was more accurate than mine. That's. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what studio is doing it? I I, I um, who was it? Was it TMS? Yes. I was just curious. I was looking this up just now. Okay. Okay. TMS is. They're one of those studios that have been around forever, but they I think they rarely get like big name stuff. Um, I'll just worry they, that a studio actually wildly. stuck to this project for the next <laughs> year or so. Didn't they um but, didn't they work on uh, Megalobox? Yeah, also Lupin. Yeah. Oh shit. Never mind. This is a good studio. So, oh, they're, they're, they're capable they're capable of doing some good stuff. Uh, they've been around like they're gonna do dr stone next season oh really interesting i think they've been around since like the 60s or something they're like one of the old yeah they're one of the old guard yeah yeah okay fine 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 lupon and megalobox were very good so (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i mean as far as this episode goes it looked fantastic one of the better looking shows i've seen that's kind of why i was asked because you mentioned how good it looked so yeah so anyway i feel like you know if uh, I won't, I, I'll probably give it another couple episodes. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it enough. Sure. I mean, I mean, look if you if you if you're on the bench about fruits about fruits basket, I think you you know in your heart whether it's for you or not. So <laughs> right. you don't really need our recommendation. Right. Okay. So uh, let's go on to something that is not good. Um, and I have, Tunes a, are. I have a very specific reason for bringing the show back up. I didn't even want to talk about it again, but this was, uh, the, uh, you know, a girl who chants love at the bound of this world. This was that great. That's the name. This was that, uh, anime base uh, by feel that I was complaining about that, uh, was right, based, based off on a classic, uh, VN or something. Yeah. From like the, the mid nineties. And, um, it was terrible. Uh, ah, there, there was pretty much zero redeeming value to it. Um, other than I guess most of the girls were hot older ladies, but, uh, okay. The, the, the main, the, so you know how there's like maybe like two or three different VN protagonists you can have. Most of them are like the uh-huh. like slate, like no personality, quiet one, but or you, right, don't or even you, or you have the like super nice guy. Yeah, there, there, There's some slight variations. Well, th- this guy was like the loud and proud obnoxious perv type ah, very very oh appealing yeah so right off the bat like i think the very if i remember the very first shot is him looking up one of the hot teacher's skirts or something like that's how they kick things off 
Man, when was the last time that trope got a lot of play? I feel like it doesn't happen anymore. Old story, man. But uh, like, I'm serious. I feel like, I feel like if I'm actually trying to think about it, when was the last anime that actually played straight the like, ooh, I'm gonna look at a girl's skirt? It's like I feel like <laughs> it's for more I, innocent I, time, right? <laughs> right. It's like I feel like I have actually not seen an anime actually play that like straight in yeah. a million goddamn years. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it's him uh, purring on a bunch of uh, hot older ladies at his school, including his uh, caretaker because his parents are dead or something. But Oh, convenient. Uh, yeah, and there's some like supernatural nonsense and he finds some like naked elf girl on the beach or something. And I think, As you do. I think there's going to be teleporting to other worlds or whatever. But the important part of all of this. Yes. Was uh, when when he finds the naked elf girl on the beach, they start playing this mu- this music that sounded it was like straight out of like a JRPG or something like that. I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty cool, and I, 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 I'm guessing it's coming straight from the game, which was came out in 1996. It sounded like very much like a video game from 1996 type music. So I looked up the soundtrack, and uh, the soundtrack's pretty great. There's a lot yeah, of soundtrack's a banger. There's a lot of uh, moody. So, uh, like, PC-98 MIDI music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with, like, and, and with, like, the, and it's like, the original, like, sprite art from the video game and stuff like that is pretty, uh, pretty great. So, if anything positive came out of this bad experience, I, I at least got turned on to some cool old video game music. The discovery of an entire new subgenre of game music. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll link my favorite one in the show notes, but yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, the show is trash. Don't watch it. <laughs> okay, then. All right. So let's just move along. And let's talk about Demon Slayer, which uh, I did not watch, but you guys did. So yeah, we just finished watching episode two. How's that looking? It's fine. Uh, I mean, it looks good. It looks like... good. UFO Table is, you know, putting in the work. Yeah, it's definitely got that, you know, UFO table, just like consistently high production quality, interspersed with some somewhat questionable but mostly tolerable CG effects. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, overall, yeah, like fine is the right word, I guess. You know, it's it's not particularly striking, but it is interesting to see UFO table working on something this... Uh, right, because it's just such like Shonen Jump Battle manga... Everything you th- think is part of that. Yes, but like produced through the lens of UFO tables, right. production sensibilities and their aesthetic sensibilities, and like it's, it's I, I guess weird. it's it's weird, but also a curious project to watch because like the plot beats that play out are very just weekly shonen jump. It's very bog standard, but it is frameworked by ufo table style presentation which right. is generally like, very oh, small, serious it's like ultra very, high budget like yeah. very cinematic and right like yeah it's very yeah. Yeah, cinematic you yes. soundtrack and right. you your soundtrack so like you have parts of this anime that are like you know in the manga this is being portrayed semi-comically right like oh the hero is is doing this like trial of to to prove his resolve, and he's getting caught up in all these you know ridiculous wacky ninja traps like pitfalls and falling logs. But it's being portrayed in the way that like UFO Table would animate like unlimited blade works right. with a Kaijura soundtrack playing in the background. So it's like you hear all this like chanting and swelling music, and it's like 
Yo, he all just those guys dodging logs. Yeah, it's, like, it's very like. And here's the thing: because of those production values, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily turned off from the show yet. There are just enough like neat visual things the show is doing, you know, like, but. Like, like the thing I actually want to, the thing I actually want to shout out is like, <laughs> like a 10, 20 second sequence in the OP. Like, right. yo, this OP, like, starts off as you're kind of pretty typical, like, oh, shown an anime OP. Here's the characters running across the fucking fields or whatever, you know. I don't even know if he does that. I just assume he does. <laughs> but uh, then, like, the fucking drop in the in in the OP happens. And the characters all bust out their fucking, like, elemental sword jutsus. And they bust out, like, these elemental effects from their swords that look like a hybrid of, like, ukiyo-e paintings and the world ends with you. And That sounds pretty super cool. Fucking, <laughs> it's, it is. It's super fucking badass looking. Like, there's a character that does, like, fucking lightning and the lightning fucking looks like graffiti or some shit. It's, it's hella, like... It's really visually striking. It's actually really cool. It's a really effective use of CG as well. It's like your brand G. It's like bold and flat shaded (laughs) and got those really thick black outlines, like some kind of fucking like Street Fighter Four shit. And I'm like, here's the thing. I like Arrow can vouch. We were watching the first episode. I was like, I don't know about the show, man. I I don't think I'm in it. And then they play the OP at the end, and that 10 20 second episode. It's like that 10 20 second sequence happens, and I'm like. Right. Of course, bomb, by the bomb, end bomb. of the second episode, nobody has their all mental attacks yet, or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and, it's, and now I think we're gonna like watch at least four or five episodes in the promise of like, okay, when are they gonna bust out that shit? Right. Because that looks uh, super badass. I, felt, I feel like I need to watch the first five episodes because that's how long the pre-release preview thing was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, if I have to get to the core of, like, the actual thing with this show, the thing that actually hurts this show, like, the thing that takes this show, like, this show, I think, right. I think, in a vacuum, this show has the makings of a solid three or four star, like, shonen anime adaptation. Good mm-hmm. production values, good music, like, like it looks good, there's a style to it. And the thing that actually hurts this is how UFO Table is adapting it. And that's specifically, like, the narrative pacing. like. Right. During there are these fights, you know, they're they're not really big fights, but they're like these fights that have happened in episodes one and two. That on their own, if you take the events of these fights in a vacuum, like purely as they are presented and put together, it's solid. It looks solid. They're decent fights. The problem is that they are constantly interspersed by character internal monologue. Uh, Everyone, everyone's narrating everything that they do as they're doing it. Right, even though you can see what's going on. Like, you can see what character A is doing, and then character B is like, whoa, impossible, this character's potential, he just, he, he, he dodged to the left, and then caught my eye with this attack, but he was actually doing this, and that's literally what we just saw, that's <laughs> literally what we just saw, and five right. seconds later, he's just narrating it again for us, it's like, you it's know, like we, like, like, we see him throw the hatchet or whatever, and the guy tangles up and gets trapped, and, and then he immediately is like, oh, I can't believe he threw the hatchet and I got tangled up and trapped! It's like it's like yo dude we just saw that you don't need to explain that to us it's 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 kind of that thing we always talk about right about adaptations like a really good adaptation understands this dialogue is not necessary right. this is not necessary we don't need to say this we don't need to spend time on this yes we should have a line here or there to like evoke what was being said during that scene but we do not need to copy it word for word because 
in a manga, in, in manga pacing, that's fine. You can have a panel of like two, three sentences because that's one panel. You'll read it and you'll keep moving on. In an anime, that one panel turns into like 20 seconds. And that's agonizing to watch. Right. And yeah, that's kind of the problem. That's kind of the main mistake uh, uh, Demon Slayer is making because look, I'm going to be real. If you, if you, if you, if you uh, release and edit a cut of these episodes with like those internal monologues removed, those are probably some pretty solid anime shonen fights. Right. It's just, it's just, it's, it's that, it's that unfortunate, like just slavish desire to emulate the original material without any, like any kind of initiative to like actually really think about like, how does this actually work? How does this actually feel? in a different medium. Right. And I think honestly that more than anything is hurting Demon Slayer. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting uh breakdown. Yeah, I mean it makes sense cuz like you can just, you can tell the audience so much more with animation than you can in in a, in a you know a single manga panel or something like that. So you just don't need right. to overexplain everything. Like so, yeah. Yeah, and it just makes. Like, the thing I'll say, I'll, the thing I'll say to get out ahead of it, because I know some people are going to be like, "Well, you know, sometimes in manga, like, yes, 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 exposition is not a bad thing. Exposition is a tool, and manga oftentimes need exposition to communicate certain things because they are not animated, because they're not moving. But if you are animated, you have to think about how you're doing that versus the original. Right. All right. Well. But I'm at least like willing to watch more episodes. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to see them bust out those fucking elemental o- texts. They OP look so fucking it. cool. That OP bought it some more time, I guess, huh? <laughs> it really did. I'm not even joking. Like, I was ready to drop this on the first episode, All right. and the OP alone had me going like, oh, uh, uh, I guess I'll watch a few more. I'll have to. I'll have to check that out after this. Just the OP for sure. You might just want to check out the OP. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not going to watch the show, but I will definitely check out the OP. <laughs> Yes, please do. Uh, All right, so let's uh, let's move on to another show I didn't watch. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about uh, Fairy Gone, the uh, dark fantasy show from uh, PA Works. Um, yeah, how did uh, how did that turn out? Because I was curious about it. I just did not have time to actually check it out. Um, so you know how like Sirius the Jaeger was good because it had like this amazing director who had worked on tons of like really legendary like action anime and was like supplanted, you know, was supported by like a really excellent soundtrack and in general like a very like focused pulpy like vibe that it like stuck to the entire time. Sure. Uh, imagine if Sirius the Jaeger didn't have any of those. <laughs> so it didn't have any and, any of its redeeming qualities. Okay, yeah. If it didn't uh, have any of its redeeming qualities, that's what you have. That's what Fairy God is. It's it's just okay. Okay, to 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 not just shit on it. It's like Fairy God. It feels like a show caught between like way too many different directions. Like it introduces itself as like a pseudo like Valkyria Chronicles inspired like fictional you know fictional world war post-war tale you know about right. these you know made up european nations that were fought you know fought with like these supernatural beings known as fairy soldiers you know who were imbued with the powers of fairies that exist in this setting and you're like okay sure and it hard cuts to like like low budget shin megami tensei 
of like kind of like what I would call like quote unquote jazzy supernatural noir. You know, like, oh, they're like gangs and mafias, and you know, you know, who hire Under, these underground auctions? And, yeah, underground auctions. I and, mean, you know, being either one of those things would be fine on their could be fine on their own. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like these these gangs use fairy soldiers that you know have lost their purpose after the war. You know, like they turn to crime and blah blah blah. It's like, all right, sure, I'll watch that. And then it like hard shifts again to like a bad serious the jaeger except instead of like really good ass kung fu fighting it's replaced by bad cg werewolf stands and i i think all three of these premises could work but all three of them being shoved into the same show it kind of gives the show a remarkable lack of focus yeah and and it sounds like yeah, like I, it sounds like it's not doing any of them particularly well. That's the no, that's the problem. The problem. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's just the thing. It's, it's, it may, it really makes you realize like one of those things that you know. I think even we sometimes get caught up in the studio hype from time to time. You know, when we're like, oh shit, you know, hell, we did that with uh, Demon Slayer. You know, oh shit, such right, and such right. studio is working on this. That's interesting. And I think it's always important to remember, of course, that like the people working matter just as much or more so than the actual studio you know and i think this is a great reminder that like this is pa works but this is not the pa works that made serious the jaeger this is a far you know i don't want to say less talented or less competent studio but that's kind of what it is you know the the writing's kind of all over the place the the action's not particularly good the cg's really jarring it 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 just doesn't have a ton going for it right yeah yeah, I mean the studio only matters because we, you know, studios often employ the same people, but if they're not using the same right. people for, yeah, so it's it's not really gonna. I mean, you're right? It's like the reason, like we're, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's like you know the reason why we're excited whenever Bones does something is because we know Udipon is gonna, an- you know, he's gonna he's gonna animate something in that show. We don't know what, you know, whether it's My Hero Academia or, or Mob Psycho or what have you. We know he's gonna show up somewhere, but like. Yeah, you know, a studio often, you know, especially a kind of a rather large studio like PA Works, you know, like that can... They have a, they have a broad stable of uh, people they work with. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for all we know, this could have been the fucking, like, fucking the Hanasaku Iroha team for all we fucking know. So, I, like... I, I doubt it, I but I really don't know. <laughs> hilarious. Uh... I just busted out the first, you know, one of those PA Works anime they came to mind yeah well well we know pa works has only like two other show types of shows they make so uh yes yeah. yes and they're not this at all so <laughs> um but uh yeah i don't know i don't even know if i'm gonna i, I mean i might watch a couple more episodes out of, i just you know out of curiosity to see where it goes because like i, I do like the vibe it presents it just yeah. it doesn't do enough with it yeah all right well, I mean, I guess I don't know if I would say that's particularly surprising. We were kind of on the fence of whether or not those are going to be good in the first place, but yeah. I guess disappointing because mm-hmm. it sounds like there's potential there, and it's just you know they're not living up to it. But hey, that's how anime works a lot of times, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, shows that have great potential but did not oh, live boy. up to them in any way possible, uh, let's talk about uh, Robihachi. Um, so, I mean, fucking 99 cent discount store space dandy. 
I think that's generous. I was about to say. I think that's generous because I hated this show. I was going to say, so you guys know about how Space Dandy, right, was this, like, really frantic, kinetic, like, creative show with, like, a lot of, like, really interesting, disparate elements thrown together into what created this, like, you know, really interesting, you know, just collage of various elements because of the different creators they put on it that kind of created this very, like, wacky, but, you know, but but entertaining universe. Well, imagine if... Space Dandy had none of those, and right. that's what, what if what if everything good about Space Dandy wasn't good at all? Uh, but we followed the same like basic beats. Yeah, yeah. This show, man, I, I, if it were if it were not if if it weren't for Sarazanmai, I would say Robihachi was the most difficult show to follow this season in terms of just I didn't. I just had no clue what to make of this shit. Was it like, the follow, or was it just bad? <laughs> like, like I, I mean, like... It's right. Maybe that's not the right word. I guess it's just, like, every every comedic bit they threw out, I just didn't know what to make of it. I guess it. there like, were some random unexplained things. Good. I guess there were some random unexplained things, like why was his house a spaceship or something, but, I mean, it, it, it felt like, it felt to me like... Okay, so let, let me let me bring my perspective on this i didn't particularly care for space dandy but i had a great deal of respect for it like i understood what it was trying to do and i think it accomplished it very well um this show i can see how it is trying to kind of do that kind of similar thing where you could kind of jump into any direction or you know you can have a zombie episode or whatever but it doesn't provide a proper narrative framework for that like there's still too much of like a real i guess story or something (laughs) to it that there's also trying to tell and so like when they do jump into a random whatever tangent like like we have space fighters that turn into a you know a messenger robot um (laughs) you know they're just like okay it just feels like you're doing they're doing those things for the sake of just doing something and there's no like i guess soul to it i don't know like it, like it doesn't it just feels like they're randomly throwing things out there for the sake of throwing things out there and i just had no connection to it i hated the characters like i like i was at some point i was yelling just shut up at the screen like i i not enjoy it at all so yeah it yeah i, th- I think you you basically nailed it gel it's yeah it's like I don't know how to put it. It, it, it really like soul is such a nebulous term. Yeah. Heart is such a nebulous. Yeah, term. I know. That is definitely what it is, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of like I, th- I think I think maybe the more like you know quote unquote proper term is like Robihachi doesn't have nearly the same sense of a commitment to a vision, right? You know, like in the first episode of Space Dandy, was it kinetic? Was it frantic? Was it all over the place? Yes, but also was it committed to a very specific like vision of what that show was going to be and was that vision intentionally inconsistent yes but they totally like established that early on you know like in the first and, episode the space any ends with them destroying them like blowing themselves up the yeah, drug. destroying the universe you know like but you know they, they, i mean it also helped they did it in you know what is still to this day maybe one of the most jaw-dropping animated sequences <laughs> you know ever ever put to paper but you know it it showed a commitment to like this is our vision. This is what we want to do with this show. And we're going to stand by it. Whereas this kind of felt like, you know, it kind of felt like, it, it felt like, I, I guess not to use this pejorative, but it felt like, you know, kind of like 
internet random, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, kind of just like, you know, random for the sake of random, as if random by itself was fun. Right. And not in a pop team epic sort of way. Right. Like, yeah, like, here's the thing. I fucking, I fucking love pop team epic, like, because, like, yeah, that was random, but again, they had a commitment to a vision, right. and that vision was anime shitposting. Yeah, there's like there's and, like an attitude. It's, there's a consistent like attitude to pop team team. Maybe maybe that's the right word. Yeah. Maybe attitude is the right word. That like maybe that's what Robihachi, at least so far, really seems to lack. Like, yeah, like it's it's like here's the thing. I think it could commit to like any of its various weirdly disparate visions of what kind of anime comedy it wants to be, and. I think that it could work, but I think it's it's it almost feels like that show is afraid of committing to any one type of like off the wall anime humor. Yeah, either either afraid of committing, or maybe they just don't have the 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 chops to do it. Whether it be the directing, Perhaps, or the writing, yeah. or I mean, even like the comedy bits, like it just was all just kind of flat. I guess I kind of found it somewhat amusing when he was recounting all the uh, terrible things that happened to him up to this point in like a never-ending stretch of uh sure yeah. deals. and, and that was probably the only time i was like mildly amused throughout that entire hell, it, like, that's the thing. if you want to if you want to do that like kind of misanthropic style anime comedy like go for it like there are a lot of great examples of that you know but uh you know then commit to it. right so yeah just this I, I was just disappointed because it was you know anime original comedy thing you know i'm the comedy guy i love those kinds of shows usually sure and like did, doesn't this guy come from a pretty known like pretty established lineage of like pretty solid anime comedies yeah this is like, um what's the guy's name iro daily lives high school boys right, like he did, yeah, yeah. Like he did daily lives of high school boys which i never watched but i always heard is apparently like you know noted anime comedy gundam wing uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he was he was the guy that because he, he he's a he's a long time vet. He was work he worked on like Gundam and other shows early in his career. Yeah. Switched over. Oh, I did Mike Gein. Switched over right, to yeah. uh, comedy. Did a bunch of brave stuff shows with a uh, school rumble and has been doing like mostly comedy since I think. But yeah, so he, so yeah. yeah, he has. So maybe it's not the director. Maybe it's I I don't know. But or maybe it is the director. Not every director has a fucking you know one batting average. You know. So. Yeah, it's true. Because uh, I think he was most he was most recently working on that uh, Earth Defense Club show, which actually was pretty funny. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, that's just again another <laughs> sounded like it could be a decent premise and uh, did not pan out on that one. Yeah, that's a lot of the season. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Moving along, well, we want to get to a show that had a bad premise along with bad execution. Yeah, not going to get any better with this one. So um, I didn't even watch this. So. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. Senko, the always helpful fox. I actually don't remember what the title ended up being. It was like Senko-san something or whatever. Um, it's on Funimation, I think. So what, any, either way, this was the show with the super, ta- super tired salary man guy who has a mysterious 800 year old Fox girl show up in his house. That looks like an eight year old girl. And, uh, but don't worry. She's 800. It's okay. Old. Cause she's 800, but she will, you know, do whatever, uh, whatever it takes to, to pamper him as she keeps saying. Um, so, ah, okay. Huh. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and explain, I guess this show was bad. 
in a slightly different way than probably we were anticipating. Um, oh, really? Do tell. Well, it's much less of like a pedophile sexual fantasy thing and more of a I'm tired and wish somebody would cook and clean for me fantasy type of thing. Um, which uh, the weird like the weird mix of like wanting both a waifu and a mom. Yes. Which <laughs> is not really better or well no it's no it's I'm not going to say it's better. Oh, I don't know. There's but <laughs> there's something to be said about. Um yeah, so it's it's pretty tame. There is kind of one weird part where he's like yeah, there, there's there's still some bad stuff cuz like the the first half I was watching it, I was like, "All right, you know what? This actually isn't that bad." So like for example, like when he she just magically appears in his house before he comes home from work. And uh, cause she's like a Fox God or something. I don't know what the background story is, but sure. she, he opens the door. <laughs> he sees her immediately closes the door. <laughs> and, and, he, and that's, well, that's always a fun guy. His mind flashes, yeah, uh, his mind flashes forward to him uh, being arrested by the police for, you know, keeping a little girl in his house. And so once he goes back into the house and realizes that she's still there, he picks her up, puts her outside, and closes the door again. I'm like, okay, sure. this show is okay. Because well, that is probably the appropriate reaction for this scenario. But, uh, you know, eventually he relents and lets him, she lets him cook. Now, hang on, you're telling me, you're telling me that Dogakobo's animation and comedic timing are once again being used for evil. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, again, show looks show looks nice, and people yeah. at Dogakobo are super talented, and is being wasted on, you know, shows like this. But uh, you know, by by the halfway point, he's already kind of given in and accepted that uh, she's chosen him to pamper because she thinks she's ha- he's handsome, and she he she blushes around him all the time, and she gets excited when he. Uh, <laughs> She gets excited when he asks to pet her tail, even though apparently she gets, it seems she gets sexually aroused by having her tail pet and uh, he kind of gets into it at some point. So that was a little weird. Um, And of course, and I mean, you know, honestly, if, if, if the only thing you change in this show was making her look like an adult, it would probably be okay. I would still wouldn't be great, but like, the fact that she's intentionally looks like a child, which they acknowledge in the show, like it's not even supposed to be like a audience misinterpretation thing. Yeah, because I was just going to say, doesn't that joke you just mentioned at the very start of this explanation mean the show inherently recognizes how bad of a look this is? Yes. And she does. He does mention. Uh, yeah. And like at some point she's like, oh, it's OK. I mean, she literally says it's OK. I mean, hundred years old. So, um, there's no, there's no like working around that or denying that, or that that's an aspect of the show. And that automatically kind of drags it down. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it wasn't as bad as expecting. I was expecting, I was, I was just waiting for the after dinner. Okay. Now I'm going to get the bath ready for you joke. And that never happened. Um, Oh, don't worry. They so still have. I guess they more had episodes. to save something that's for episode two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, so oh. I completely forgot. Oh, great. One, la- one last final jab. So after the ED rolls, 
Sure. Oh my god. Do you guys remember what was the name of that? Was it like Sleeping with Hanako or something? Oh man. Where it was where it was literally just like the first person point of view of like yeah. watching the girl sleep next to you. Oh my god, fuck dude. So they, they do a segment like <laughs> that. Japanese woman cracks an egg and asks you about your day. Yeah, so they do a segment like that where I mean you're not sleeping with her, but but Senko san makes you dinner and brings you tea and sits down with you and talks to you while you're eating, like in first person. <laughs> Oh my god, oh. dude! That's so f- for like <laughs> for like two minutes for like two minutes after like the, the credits roll. And I'm oh assuming god. they're going to that... do that every. Oh boy! You just know that like that see that that segment exists just so someone can like fucking prop a laptop next to them while they eat dinner or something. Oh my ah! Yeah. What a fuck! Ah, <clears throat> fucking creeps. <laughs> so again, while there was nothing like explicit or anything, there was no like. Uh, you know oh not for now that's because it's the first episode they want an easy win okay well we'll we'll yeah well we won't see because i'm not watching anymore but that's how the first episode went and that that final bit was like the like the final nail in the coffin and i i just couldn't help but laugh at, do you think, at the end uh do you think do you think dogakobo is actually like, like doing some kind of like elaborate like type of performance art like like they're like they they want they, like this whole this whole thing that Dokokobo is now is eventually gonna have a is is eventually is eventually gonna be called a piece and it's gonna have a title card attached to it called like the willful suicide of an anime studio. Like, well, I think they're still doing quite well. Like, I don't know if I would characterize. Well, that <laughs> do you think? Like, again, that's what I mean. Do you think there's like an Andy Warhol esque like attempt at subversion but and in fact people just lapped it up even more like dogokobo was like oh man we're gonna kill our reputation let's just kill ourselves let's just do the worst shit that'll you know you know that you know you know like some kind of like purposeful career suicide like that'll really like in despite our like i don't know despite our producers or executives yeah but in fact backfired and made them more successful than they ever could have dreamed. At this point, the number of bad Dogakobo shows far outweighs the number of good Dogakobo shows. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's just who yep. they are. And we had Hooray. we had our fun for a little stretch. And we just have to accept that these very talented people are just doomed to uh, work on this trash. So Perverts of the worst kind. <sighs> yeah, so... I almost kind of, I almost just want to see like what the next, like what segments they're going to pull out for the post credits uh, episodes moving forward, just out of morbid curiosity. But I'm not watching this show, and you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. All right, (laughs) let's move along to something that was actually kind of good. Did you guys actually get to watch Carol and Tuesday? We did. Okay. I don't know how we watched it, considering I mean, none Netflix of us, yeah, has none of us watched it because it's on Netflix and not out yet. But let's talk about Carol on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> so this, of course, is the uh, the latest uh, Shinichiro Watanabe show about uh, these two girls making music in the not too distant future. Uh, in this somewhat, I mean, it's like twenty five hundred. It seems right? pretty distant. Okay, well. They're on Mars. They're on Mars. Instagram. So Instagram Instagram and McDonald's. And Um, was this a show that just had McDonald's? No, no, that was 
No, that was the OVA we watched the other day. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was Megazone 23. Oops. The 1986 <laughs> science fiction OVA. I mean, every, every now and then somebody shells out for the real McDonald's, but uh, I don't think this was, the, I don't remember that being the case in this one, but they did have, uh, they did have the real Instagram, though. Um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Carolyn, Carol Tuesday, it's, uh, I, I did like it. I did like what I saw. It's interesting. Um, I hope it succeeds at what it's trying to set out to do. And the reason I say that is because I think, and again, I'm not, I'm, I, look, I'm not just saying this because I just, I don't, because I just want another cowboy bebop or a samurai shampoo. I'm not saying I'm disliking this show because it's not that, but I will say that for a show about music, the music isn't really that great yet in this show. I feel like I, I feel like the strongest scene in this episode was when Carol and Tuesday kind of performed their first piece of music together. And that part I actually really loved. You know, the kind of right. the kind of awkward nature of performing a song for the first time, you know, where it, right. it feels more like a sketch or a first draft. It's it's really wonderful. So I don't mean that song, because I'm sure that song is going to get better and better as the, the show progresses. Right. I, but the rest of the ambient music of the show itself so far, I'm I'm not really feeling I it. I mean, okay, let me just throw this out here. Is that kind of intentional? Because the, the, the premise of the show is that like the world they're in right now is surrounded by like bad AI music or whatever. Like down with vocaloid yeah i have some words for that in a minute but let me throw that question out there you know do you think maybe i mean i couldn't i, I couldn't see any show intentionally making bad background music no i yes right that's that's a really ambitious thing to try but i think in the history of fiction and media uh purposely making something bad is a very very dangerous proposition because yeah even if it is intentionally bad and the and the consumer, the viewer, understands that, that still doesn't make it fun to consume as a piece of media, you know? Like, you know, people have always talked about, oh, like, actually, this game plays like shit on purpose. It's like, well, fuck you. It still plays badly. I'm not going to play this, you know? Uh, unless you're Suda51 or Sweary. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the exception. Right. But uh, <clears throat> I feel like... Here, so again, I'm, I'm not comparing these in terms of content, but I'm saying if you compare this to other Watanabe shows like Cowboy Bebop, like Samurai Champloo, like Space Dandy, where these shows like wear their musical influence on their sleeves in such an upfront way, where their music is so much an aspect of their personality. You know, the music immediately defines what these shows are about. And comparatively, I feel like Carolyn Tuesday doesn't have nearly as well fleshed out of a musical identity. So the other thing, I mean, for me, I didn't even really notice the other music that much, which is probably telling. But also, I mean, oh, that's my. Problem. You could also like, make, compare that. To like, I mean, you could also make me maybe make a case they want the the actual music that Carolyn Tuesday are making to stand out. But I, yeah, I, I, again, I, I don't think that's the kind of, th that's some real galaxy brain, like <laughs> type of thing that I don't think would actually be intentional or whatever, but. Um, uh, 
I will say, I will say that, like, you know, other than the music, again, I did like it. I think as a first episode, that's a platonic, that is the platonic ideal of what a first episode should be. You know, you introduce your characters, you introduce your setting, you know, they, they meet, they find their common goal that, you know, that is going to be established to be kind of the main overarching narrative arc of, of the story. You know, like, I think it's a solid introduction. I, I think just for me, I wish, I wish the aspect of it that I think, I think most of us were most excited for because of Watanabe's reputation. I, at least I, I, I hope, I hope that they begin to show more and more of that as this show progresses. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just say, you know, I, I also enjoyed it. I think there were a lot of good things. I, I liked the characters. I liked their relationship. Um, I, the setting's kind of neat with some of the, the little technological technological flourishes and stuff. Um, not super important, but just kind of an interesting, I guess, you know, world building type of, you know, kind of just putting you in the mood for what the, the, theme, the main theme of the story is, which I'll get to in a second. Yeah. Um, so I very much enjoyed all that. And I, I agree the first episode, it was, you know, a well-paced, like good setup episode, exactly how, kind of what you want. Like, we know what we're getting into. We're ready to go starting next episode. You know, they didn't drag stuff out that they could have dragged out. Like, you know, I don't know, the Tuesday being on the run for most of the episode or whatever, and then not meeting till the end or something. I could see a lot of other shows do it. Oh yeah, no, I think that would definitely be the worst way to do that. And also, Tuesday has a Gibson Hummingbird, which is a very nice guitar that I would like to own. Uh, She's rich, so uh, yeah, that's I've I had the pleasure of playing that once for like thirty seconds, and it's like a three thousand dollar guitar or something like that. I would like to have one, but that all said, I do want to point out that I I have a bit of an issue with the main theme. Because I feel like, yeah, okay, let me let me put it from the, from this perspective. As a former ref, reformed uh, music snob from back <laughs> my, uh, you know late teens, early twenties, when I would judge people on their musical tastes. Oh, so you mean everybody from their late teens to their early twenties? Yes, but a little bit more so than your average person. <laughs> uh, I I don't like this idea of like computer generated or other non-traditional ways of making music as being like less valid than somebody sitting down with a guitar and a piano. Um, oh yeah. No, I... and, 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 you know, I, not to say that my personal preferences might be lean toward, you know, quote unquote real music, but you know, at, at some point in my life, I outgrew that phase and understood that, you know, music is meant to be enjoyed. And if people are enjoying it, then the means of it being produced is not really that important. Like, totally. I mean, hell, if we want to really like, I'll I'll just cut it with a quick bit here is like, if you really want to get into it, like, it almost feels like it kind of feels like Watanabe is the old man shouting at the cloud here of like, Oh, all this dang vocaloid electronic music, which, I feel is uh, not hypocritical, but very suspect considering Samurai Champloo's primary like musical theming is hip hop and hip hop is like the ultimate in like remix and sampling. Like, like hip hop is almost entirely like, you know, it's almost entirely vocals over like, you know, remix sampling of pre-existing music. Like that is at its core, what that genre is. 
And like he clearly had no problem with that in Samurai Champloo. Yep. And so, I mean, there's – so that – I'm not really a big fan of that message and it's very clear that's kind of what they're going for. I mean, it's almost even like – it's, it's almost like an, an anti-technology type of thing, like in general. Like, yeah. like there was a very early scene in the beginning that seemed very heavy-handed to me where when Tuesday is running away and she tries to ride her suit, her automatic suitcase, but of course her automatic suitcase runs out of battery and lets her down because you can't trust technology, you know. <laughs> I, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but that's what that's what I took away from that scene of like that's the – the 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 message they're trying to establish here I mean, and, and like look i'm not, I'm not going to be all like you know upload my brain and you know free me of this meatbag body but like, hell yeah, <laughs> that's what i'm doing but that's what i'm but, doing but the whole like, the whole like, the whole, like uh, the whole like you know i feel like it's very reactionary to be like technology is bad and stealing our humanity or whatever well, i i think it definitely depends on the framing of it like Personally, I think I do think that is maybe Watanabe's bent here. I don't think necessarily it is those scenes you mentioned. Like I feel like, you know, Tuesday's like uh, you know, her like, you know, electric baggage breaking down is more like to like I think that is more just the classic like, oh, the rich sheltered girl has to learn how to like, you know, really live life blah blah blah, right? Because I mean like in that very same show like Carol gets to work on a fucking monowheel skateboard, and that's technology. Hell, that's a really rad technology. So yes. I don't think it's necessarily like a wide. It's a, I don't think it's necessarily a unanimous like anti-technology thing. If if anything, you know, look, I've never met Shinichiro Watanabe. You know, I've read some of his interviews. I don't really, I can't really say I know him as a person or a personality. My my gut feeling is that Carol and Tuesday is probably more leaning towards the, and again, I don't think this is entirely a valid take, but I think it is leaning more towards the like, oh man, you know, music needs the human touch, man. Like it's got to have a human being, you know, on the keys or strumming the strings kind of thing yeah. than necessarily like technology is destroying our culture. Right. So there was the whole scene about uh, the idol or whatever going to the music office and uh, having the conversation with the guy that like, oh yeah, I'll just be your like face. I'll be your, I'll be the great marionette for you. Yeah. So I think that I felt like that was trying to push more towards like music's no good unless you got a heart, rather than music, rather than electronic is bad. Right. Uh, I, yes. Actually, thank you, thank you, Ero, for mentioning that. I, I, I had almost forgotten that part. Yes, I think. Because yeah, here's the thing. I'm totally willing to bet we're also going to have like a B plot for that idol as well, where blah blah blah. She eventually hears Carol on Tuesday's music. Blah blah blah. They, I don't know. They they sing a song together in the last episode, right? Like that's the kind of shit you can expect from this. And because here's the thing, I don't think it's necessarily electronic music they're necessarily angling against. I think it's more like because I think in their story they say that all the music is made by like AI, right? Like it's made by the algorithm. You know, Google or Facebook are making music, essentially. Right. So I think it is more like, as Eros said. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, I guess, nuanced, subtle difference. I just felt I felt like it echoed a lot of things I've heard people say about, I mean, even going back to, like, you mentioned hip-hop with the 90s, and people say, oh, it's not real music because they use samples, or, like, 
you know, yeah, people using Ooh, they they stole that. Oh, people using auto tune. Like I don't like auto tune myself, but like just because people are using auto tune, I don't think it makes their music invalid. Like you know, it's oh, auto tune's a tool. Yeah, it, like like you know, you can, like CG for example. Right. You know, a tool is a tool. You know, yeah. I don't like it, but it's a tool that can be used, and it doesn't make you know. Yeah make it inherently good or bad it's you know and, but but people take that stance and i feel like i f- i mean i felt like that was being echoed in the message of the show and you know maybe it will be a more nuanced take where it's not the technology maybe carol and tuesday themselves will be will use technology in some way and that's gonna you know the important thing is it's coming from their heart or whatever but i i don't know we'll we'll have to see um i mean i think if nothing else it speaks a lot to the show that you know it can even spark a discussion like this, you know, about what, what the show's angling for, what its themes are, you know, and yeah, again, if nothing else, I think we are all uh, very much looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Right. Yeah. And I, and I mean, again, that, that that is a specific, you know, issue I have that probably most people won't even care about. And the, the core of the show with the, the main characters and the setting and everything I really enjoyed and I am looking forward to watching more of it. Okay. Are you also looking forward to watching more of... Oh, I am very much looking forward to watching more of the final show on our list. I'm not. <laughs> Sarazan Mai, the new Ikuhara joint, uh, oh, which is about three boys who get turned into Kappas. Um, and that's probably the only logical statement I can make about it. Um, I feel like that's all you should really say about it. I feel like, you know, I feel like people should watch this, you know, experience it on their, do, their do own kind of. Do we need to explain Kappas? Because I feel like that is important for at least having. I mean, there are water dwelling yokai who love cucumbers and sumo wrestling, and yes. uh, they steal uh, the Shirikodama. Out of people's butts, just like a magic, yes, soul ball or something. Yes, which now finally lets me get to mention uh, Sekiro because. Uh, oh, do you fight? There is totally an well, not necessarily Kappa, but there is totally an enemy in uh, Sekiro that uh, has a special grab attack, and if you get caught by it, the enemy shoves his entire arm up Sekiro's ass. And uh, rips your shit out of you, like literally. Yes, literally. Is it? Is it, you mean his Shirokodama? Yes, his Shirokodama gets ripped out of him. <laughs> okay. It's. Uh, I mean, a lot of yokai involved. I did not expect that sort of thing to come up twice in it's... in the same month. So <laughs> a lot of yokai involve butt stuff. Yeah, they they really do love their butt stuff. In Japanese folklore, like just the way and, it is, and there's, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: there's a lot of butt stuff. Th- those in, are uh, <laughs> there's a lot of butt stuff in Sarzan Mai. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: I don't mind that stuff. In fact, I think that stuff is, you know, it's like content-wise, I don't dislike any of that. You know, I think that show is <sighs> okay. To be very charitable, that show is very imaginative. It's very visually impressive. You know that? Damn, dude. Yeah, that show looks hella good. Like, you ain't kidding. That's Ikahara with a budget. Yeah. Yeah, it's by far the best uh, looking, short of maybe like the Utena movies, at least TV series, like the best looking thing he's worked on so far. Yeah. Now, 
I don't know. Now, now you said movie tier quality, and I don't know if I necessarily. There, okay, there are definitely some great looking shots there. I, I mean, maybe not, I'm getting spoiled by Mob I mean, Psycho. Not every single, I don't know what I don't know what movie tier quality looks like anymore. Yeah, so. not, not every single scene, but there are some pretty impressive looking. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Like, yeah, I think, I, I think that sh- that that show is. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be nice here, but I don't know, man. Sarazanma is bullshit, guys. <laughs> like it's it's visually impressive, but I have zero fucking clue what's going on. Like, see, see, this is where. I, so this is where, like, I would say with Ikuhara, you either buy into what he's how he's telling his story, or you don't. And if 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 you're not buying it then it's it's just going to be like meaningless and not have any like i don't know <laughs> it, it's not there's nothing that's going to hook you in it with it right but like yeah i i guess i don't know it's like the, it's like the characters the overarching plot the like uh, like I, I broadly get it you know i get what is the i get what is the overall a plot and i get what kind of the like underlying like underlying theme is I, I get those aspects of it you know it's you know it's it's very kind of persona ish you know reveal your true self and all that stuff but like well, it's um okay so i guess it's like <laughs> i would say like it's it's not about what's happening but it's like how are how is this making you feel and like if if it's not effectively making you feel anything you're, and you're not like kind of buying into the whatever then it's it's just not gonna work i guess but like there are he gives you like the I think the the core kind of keywords to for for us to understand what the the, the message is and I, like the core words here are the connections and the desires and you know we're talking about you know we as people want to make connections and the you know we have more ways to make connections than ever but we still have you know things we want to hide like our you know our desires and these are it's all kind of it's it's asking more questions. The title of the episode is "I want to be connected, but I want to exactly. lie." Exactly. So I mean, it, but it, but it's yeah, asking I, more. I, it asks more questions about those things and giving you answers. And it is also only the first episode, but which I'm sure they will explore these themes more. But, I mean, no, I, I totally get it, right? Like, especially with like again, I think this show is look. It is effectively, it is effectively executed on what it is doing, right? Like at the very end when like. I don't know. Can we spoil it or whatever? I, I don't like, want, I kind of don't want to. Get okay, fine. Out. When you have the reveal with the main character, yes. right? And like his friend is actually being like surprisingly very understanding and very like supportive of it. And the character responds, I don't want support. I want like, I want the seat. I wanted this to be a secret. Like I wanted this just for me. And, and I actually really get that. I do respect that. Right. It's like, I think everybody has secrets. Everybody has those things that they're very, it's not i don't know if shame is the right word but like there are things that we are broadly comfortable with with being things that only we know and even if our friends would accept it even if our friends would be supportive even if they knew about those secrets we don't want them to know because like these things can be very personal they can be very very you know very uh very tender issues for a person you know and like I totally get that. And, and, you know, in a weird way, I actually think maybe that conversation at the very end is maybe the one part of Sarazanmai that had me going, okay, there actually is like some real substance to this. You know, just, uh, 
I just I feel like it's just like for me it's like it's like uh, the I, I am totally fine with a show with those kind of very like very real very personal themings you know I mean fuck dude that's SSS Gridman in in a nutshell you know like and I think it's like I don't know like all right if I'm gonna be like if this were like if we did like giant bomb style like like anime of the year discussions where we had to go fucking knives out and like really like cut into everybody's favorites the thing I would then say is like I have no clue how the hell anybody can accuse me of liking shows that are all style and no substance, when as far as I can fucking tell, Sarazanmai fits that to a fucking T, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't agree with that at all. I think there's quite a bit being said in all of, the, all of that, but I guess it's not black and white... You know, again, they're, they, I, they, these shows bring up more questions and answers and make you think about things than more so make definitive statements about them. But I guess for me, so like I actually enjoy the like, like I always say with Ikuhara, he makes anime that can only exist as anime, right? Like these are these are shows, these are yes. stories that are told in a way, you know, whether you like them or not, it's told in a way that you couldn't do this in another medium. And I, I like, I enjoy seeing how he accomplishes that with the tools that he has and like using visual elements to create, you know, feelings and moods and thoughts in your head without actually telling you like, like um, I think a good example in this episode is the fake Amazon boxes. <laughs> so like the, or Capazon, like does Capazon really matter in the world of Sarazan? My probably not. I don't think we're ever going to address that but seeing that logo and that that box puts certain you know thoughts and ideas and feelings in your head right like we've all used amazon you know yeah it, it evokes a specific yeah. yes yeah we, we we all we all have used amazon we like getting those boxes but uh you know like on the flip side I, part of what i was thinking is like you know we part of these uh you know g- g- playing into the connections and desires concepts it's like we can we we we're we're in a time where we can access things that you know some of our desires if you will without anybody knowing about it like i can have amazon ship me things that i wouldn't want people to see um totally. and you know but and and so all of those things are being conveyed to us with you know just just one that's you know one example of one image and i, I enjoy looking for those things and kind of piecing those things together. And that's kind of one of the main reasons why I enjoy watching Ikuhara's work. And again, those things might not have like a literal meaning that support the plot or whatever, but you know, it does support the ideas of what he was or the ideas that he's trying to get you to think about and feelings that he is trying to make you feel. So I, I guess like for me, it's like, I think you're right, and I, I I do recognize that a lot of Ikahara's work is intentionally kind of like, what's the word, like allegorical, right? It's like, it's it kind of explicitly evokes that kind of dreamlike state that, again, like I said, can only really be done with anime or animation, and again, I think that's why, like, I, I, you know, I very much respect Ikahara's creative output. I just feel like, I don't know, man, like, just like, Sarazanmai was just like, 
I just feel like that thing was just, it was just fucking, I don't know, it, it, there, there was a pacing to it, there was a speed to it that, like, I should probably naturally be inclined to like, but, like, the sheer chaos of what was being presented was, you know, e- you know, e- even for me, kind of a visual overload. Like, it was difficult to follow. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. Like, there's a reason why Ikuhara is more of a cult favorite than a uh, everybody loves him type of uh, <laughs> type type of uh, director. But um, yeah, I, I, again, I just I think it's just a matter of uh, either you buy into it or you don't. And if you don't, that's fine. But you know, I really love it. Oh, totally, totally. I think that's fine. I mean, hey. Hey, and I, you know, if nothing else, I will agree. Probably the best looking show this season, you know, at least so far. You know, we we don't know if any other. Look, maybe Demon Slayer will bust out that those cool ass elemental effects, and then I'll change my mind. But for now, Sarazanmai definitely, you know, yes, uh, you know, kind of as you said, it is, uh, or as I will say, it is a uh, maybe Mappa's second or third best looking anime. You know, just uh, falls right behind uh, Drifting Horses. <laughs> from the Garo movie, but, uh, you know, otherwise very solid stuff. <laughs> Ira, I'm curious. Do you have anything to uh, add on this? Uh, not really. Topic? Yeah. My apologies. I feel like this was just me and gel arguing for the last <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like I've bounced off of Ikara every time. Um, but also, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes. I feel like I need to watch more to, understand what's going on yeah but like i don't I know i think that's fair i guess i would the show i guess the show makes, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no it's all right it's fine um hero yeah, go no, please <laughs> uh it's like the show makes me feel like i'm dumb for not getting it instantly oh that's, you know, that's like, not i know. don't think that's yeah I mean, <laughs> I think, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. If somebody out there right now is fucking writing their goddamn spiel about how they fucking get Sarazanmai and like, oh no, actually it was pretty elementary. I picked it up within, you know, the, the first yeah. viewing. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're full of shit. Like it's, it's like, not meant to be got like it's yeah. Again, like I keep saying they're, they're bringing, it's, it's like bringing up questions and more so than answers. Right, but, like, I go to look up stuff about, like, Penguin Drum, because, you know, everyone talks about how great Penguin Drum is, so I, like, go to look up what's the deal with Penguin Drum, and you get these giant think pieces about what it all means! Yeah, yeah and, and those I'm, were, like, you know, either A, right, written after the, the show aired, or, like, B, I know, but so then, I, then I watch the first F-Stars on my, and I'm, like, okay, am I supposed to get what this all means? <laughs> and and see, like, I, think, I don't have the brain energy to do I don't, that. I, here's the thing: I think, I think that in some ways that is Ikahara's reputation working against himself. If you have to go to every show thinking, "All right, from minute one, like, like I've seen headlines before the show airs. I'm seeing headlines before the show airs that are just like, "There's foreshadowing from the very first scene in Sarah's and Mai." And it's like, okay, what then? What am I? I think people, what am I supposed to think going into this I show? People, I want, I want to enjoy it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I don't think any of it is meant to be nearly as overanalyzed as it ends up being. But um, I guess, I guess to to put a bow, right. so I just don't know what to. Think. I guess to put a bow on it, like I would say, 
if you have already formulated opinion on Ikahara's works, this is not going to alter your opinion. It's very much in pocket for him. Uh, this first episode reminded me the most of Penguin Drum, it, it, right down to the the cardboard cutout people in the the crowd. Um, just the general mood of it and the presentation, uh, which, from in my opinion, is great because Penguin Drum is one of my favorite anime of all time. Um, so. Yeah, I don't think this is going to change anybody's opinion on Ikuhara if you've already established your opinion on Ikuhara. But um, I, me personally, I am very much looking forward to watching more of it. I mean, shit, dude, in a season like this, even I might have to watch <laughs> it. So, yeah. Well, dude, my fucking options are fucking Carolyn Tuesday and goddamn Demon Slayer. Yeah. The fuck kind of season is this, I, man? I might watch. I might watch some more Fruits Basket. I might. You know, we might just have to start watching Evangelion at this rate. You know, well, fucking nothing well, you else to watch. About, it's not on Netflix yet? Oh man, you're right. It's not on Netflix yet. Guess we'll just have to look forward to it. Yeah, some <laughs> capacity. I don't know. I mean, we didn't watch Carol on Tuesday either, so who knows? Oh no, yeah. I based this entirely on uh, <laughs> who knows. Uh, our uh, on our uh, uh, our 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 Japan correspondent uh, basically summarized the episode for us, and uh, we just kind of uh, kind of uh, we, we just we just figure that all out from the trailer. Basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, we're good at that. Oh we've been watching anime. We've been doing this a long time, folks. We can just watch the trailer. Yeah, you know, um, I can I can watch a two minute PV and. Uh, instantly surmise what the first episode looks like <laughs> except as much as i joke about that motherfucker first episode of demon slayer that went exactly as i thought it would so yeah i i, I <laughs> the last few seasons we have been on the money with our predictions there have not been uh, there have not really been any surprises or any shock not not a while i'm just yeah just kind of Look, man, like while while you're saying Sarazanma is over here saving anime, I'm just waiting till like May 23rd for, you know, Promare to swing in and save us all. Ah, yes, but... that's still pending, but uh, well, <laughs> that'll be another one we uh, can't watch, right? That's because. I... Oh yeah, no. We once again, I, I will be giving my impressions based purely on the trailers. Yes. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it then for this episode. Let's uh, get to our housekeeping. Uh, you can read all of our previews and first looks and all of our other content at theglorioblog.com, including all the other shows that we didn't talk about here. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can uh, like, comment, subscribe, etc., to the podcast in on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, uh, or we just have the RSS feed to just... Do with whatever you wish. And uh, we're also on YouTube. You can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Uh, oh, listen to our other podcast, The Legend of the Glorio Heroes, where Iro and G talk about the classic 1980, whatever year it was. Eight. And by the way, it is, uh, I believe the correct terminology, uh, the correct copy here under the contract stipulates uh, the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA. Yes, okay. 
Whatever, we're well into the fucking 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the episode is <laughs> yes, currently talking yes. about her in the 90s. I'm sure yes. the next episode will have an interesting trio of episodes for you to uh, discuss. But um, we didn't even bring it up that much during this. No, podcast. We, yeah, I, we we got the, we got Good. the D and T reference in. We're 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 yeah, you know, we we joked about on the the last episode how we've become those people who can't shut up about the show. So maybe it's best we tone it down a little, but. Uh, anyways that'll do it folks so uh we'll talk to everybody next time see you later bye